This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Today. With NetSpeed. Internet till the cows come home. Yeah, we're doing New Zealand. This is Rex Today. Coming up for you, we're going to be talking about Alliance Group's Lumina Lamb. They were the star of a prestigious global culinary competition. And we'll talk with Matthew Talbot from Alliance Asia about that very shortly. Then we're going to be catching up, being a Friday, of course, with our good mate Hamish Mackay. World Cup football quarterfinals ahead of us. We'll talk that and some other stuff as well that's coming up between now and 12.30. But first up on the programme today, Alliance Group's award-winning Lumina Lamb has wowed judges at a prestigious world culinary competition. A dish featuring the New Zealand lamb propelled Singapore's national culinary team to a silver and a gold medal in one of the best-known cooking competitions in the world. To tell us all about it, Matthew Talbot, Alliance Asia General Manager, joins us. Lovely to have you on the show, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, very well, Dominic. How about you? Not too bad. This is a uh, feather in the cap for, um, I guess, the people that not only produce the lamb but export it, process it, etc., and then those, of course, that cook with it. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity um, for us to partner um, with the Singapore National Culinary Team um, with our uh, Lumina lamb. Um, one of the wonderful things about that is um, we get to work with um, emerging young chefs um, by providing our wonderful lamb from New Zealand. Um, and they create dishes, um, not only um, for the competition, but also we start to build um, their repertoire around using Lumina lamb when they come back to their to their daily lives as chefs. So um, really important for us to connect with those as opinion leaders in the culinary world in Asia. For sure. The um, Culinary World Cup, as it's known, can you tell us a little bit about the competition? As I'm reading that it's one of the best ones going around. Can you shed any more light on it exactly? Yeah, look, it's an annual competition. Um, this year it was held in, in Luxembourg. Um, and typically um, each country has culinary chef associations, every country. And they um, basically work to elevate um, cooking and culinary skills within their emerging young chef group. Um, and then they put up a team uh, to go um, to the Villaroy and Buck Culinary and Chef Culinary World Cup. So um, what we do is we work with um, our distributor partners um, in conjunction with the Singapore Chef Association. Um, and we provide them with our products. Um, we take them through technical demonstrations on how to utilise all the various cuts that we make available um, underneath the Lumina Lamb brand. Um, we have uh, chef events, uh, chef's tables and technical sessions where they learn how to utilise the lamb and, and create wonderful dishes. Um, and then from there, um, obviously, we, we support them um, with products. Um, we've shipped Eklon products from Singapore all the way over to Luxembourg so they can delight and wow the judges. Now, Matthew, how important is it for these competitions uh, in terms of, I guess, raising the profile of our produce on a global stage? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, With a super premium product that, that Lumina Lamb is, it all starts in the food service sector. So you won't find Lumina lamb available everywhere. So it's got limited distribution. So therefore, it's important for us to make those connections with the chefs. And then they get to understand the product, um, how the product is raised, um, all of the the attributes around um, naturally occurring omega-3 polyunsaturated fats, um, the the grass-fed 
nature of the product and, and the fact that it's finished on 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 chicory herbs, free range, all, all of that. And then, um, and also, they understand more about the proposition being um, a, a quite quite a delicate flavoured lamb. And that's the thing that we um, talk about is the fact that it delivers um, a mild and delicate flavour, um, and then that enables them to elevate um, our, our lamb in their dishes as opposed to other products from somewhere like Australia, which is um, our products are certainly certainly different. So. It's really important that we get those messages about the wonderful proposition from Lumina into the chefs. They work with those products and then that, that becomes part of their repertoire and they move around different restaurants. So we're feeding um, the Lumina lamb proposition. So when they think lamb, they think Lumina. And that's really a key piece of what we do. And we encourage um, innovation and we work with them to, to make sure that we embed that proposition with them. Jeez, it's mouth-watering stuff just hearing you talk about it. We'll go into exactly what the dishes were in just a moment, but um, the important part is you did mention that they are 100% natural, as you say, free-range, grass-fed, finished on specially cultivated chicory herb pastures, born and raised in New Zealand, hill and high country. So they uh, they come from some of the best regions in the world, really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, it's a really key, key piece, not only for our luminant proposition, but also our hand-picked lamb and our pure south proposition. Um, we, we always espouse the values of um, naturally cultivated in New Zealand, um, and all of that um, come, comes to the fore when, um, when chefs and indeed consumers make their choice around um, their land occasions um, in, in, in kitchens and, and supermarkets around the world. So um, really, really important that we, that we deliver that message and, and people understand why they pay a premium for wonderful products such as Lumina Lamb. Yeah, you'd be in a good position to be able to judge that sort of thing. I mean, from what I'm sort of seeing and reading and hearing from industry players at the moment in regards to our premium products, is that is what the world wants, and I suspect that you'd have a reasonable insight into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's challenging times at the moment for, for our farmer shareholders insofar as um, the cyclic um, downturn that we're experiencing at the moment. Um, everyone's aware of some of the challenges. So to counter that... Um, it's always important for us to maintain our strategy and support the premium proposition and, and build brands rather than um, just trade on um, on lamb on a commodity basis. That's an important piece, but we're really about building brands and, and building propositions, and then um, it gives consumers and shoppers confidence to make their selection around a premium product. So it's really important around brand building and not only just about having a brand, but what is the proposition that supports those brands? What, 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 what is the story behind it? Because without the story, without the brand personality, people will not pay a premium. And in Asia, there is um, a very, very discerning um, market. A, a lot of folks um, shop and, and make selections based on brands. So we make sure um, that, that they see our brands, our brands are clearly visible and they understand what, what that brand stands for. And then obviously we, we command a premium for, for our wonderful products from New Zealand. Now the meat itself is finely marbled. It's got high levels of naturally occurring omega-3 polyunsaturated fats, mild aroma, light pink to pale red colour and uh, a lighter bodied texture. So you can see why when you, when you put all that stuff together and put it in front of a chef, I'm sure they go, yeah, OK, we can, we can have a go with this. Yeah, the other wonderful thing about the New Zealand proposition 
um, is that our lambs um, are, are younger when they're, when they're processed right. relative to the Australian counterpart. And in Asia, there is a perception that we need to overcome that that lamb can be presented as gamey. So one of the key pieces that we drive is the fact that the lambs are processed at a, at a younger age and, and therefore they deliver uh, a more delicate, refined flavour. Uh, really, really key and important piece, especially as we're starting to build um, lamb consumption across Asia. Um, it, it, it's not gamey, but you've got, we're talking about markets where lamb is not the default protein of choice. Mm. So we're building these markets and trying to unlock you know, new new occasions for people to enjoy new proteins from the likes of, of Lumina lamb. Yeah, um, herb roasted lumina lamb loin, braised lumina lamb shoulder croquette as well were the, were the, the things that they came up with in terms of the dishes that the chefs prepared uh, that got, saw them gain the silver and gold. As I say, um, geez, not a bad way to use um, some, some good quality kiwi lamb. Yeah, a wonderful presentation and, and, and the dish was actually quite stunning, uh, like, like a, a herb roasted um, lamb loin, which is a normal Western presentation, but then coupled with, with a lamb shoulder croquette alongside that. What I like about that dish is that you've got a, a, a premium lamb loin, but then they've also utilised the shoulder, um, the shoulder meat in the croquette, and, and that gives you a bit of texture and crunch with the with, with the crumb on, on the croquette, and then you get the delicate juiciness of the of the um, of the medium rare lamb loin. So a wonderful dish, a wonderful dish, and then um, obviously. Um, uh, finished off with uh, potato confit and onion tartlet and um, puree of carrots. So a wonderful dish. And but, but this is the second time that we've supported um, the Singapore Chefs Association and that team. Um, and th- they they really know how to work the products and they understand um, how to elevate the flavours. Um, and we're, we're delighted to be to, to be associated with um, the winning team. Matthew Talbot, uh, Alliance Asia General Manager, really do appreciate you coming on the program and giving us your insight into not only this particular award but also the market in general over in Asia. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Dominic, thanks for your time. Take care. Rex today with NetSpeed, connecting the country and now with mobile phones. All right, it's Friday, so we chat a bit of sport. We do that with our man Hamish Mackay. G'day, Hamish. How are you, man? Oh, no, I'm absolutely fighting fit after recovering from field days. It's all go. <laughs> Jesus, it's a busy few days, isn't it? Oh, it is, but it's always good, isn't it? You know, just puts it, you know, puts a bit of spring in the step, I suppose. So, yeah, that's good. Good to catch up with a lot of great folk, too. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually met a lot of people who I'd spoken to on the phone for probably about 10 years who I'd never actually met in person, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that's what you look like, Dom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, as, as the disappointment, uh, you know, is etched on their face. <laughs> um, um, so let's have a look at... Uh, then there were eight. Uh, the Football World Cup, um, you know, it's getting yeah. to the pointy end now. We've had some good quarterfinals, a lot of goals scored. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, this coming weekend is uh yeah four enticing matchups yeah and quite good the, the teams that kind of like annoy me over the years that you you your germany's and your spain's and you know one or two sort of that yeah most of the teams i like here my philosophy now is that i'm happy with any one of the teams of the west ham united player and it goes through so that's france <laughs> and Morocco and, uh, oh what's the other one one other Trying to think who it is. Anyway, I know we've got four, so there you go. I mean, France, England, that's, uh, that's you know, mouth-watering always. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's just been 
Uh, it's always a great comp, but I really think we're going to see it ramp up now in terms of sort of water cooler banter. Uh, now we're down to the last eight. Well, that's the thing. So if we look at that England-France game, it's very hard to separate these sides. The TAB odds, you've got England at 288 and France at 240. So just uh, ahead France there, which is probably about right, but that's that's mouth-watering, that one. Yeah, and Mbappe is, you know, it's just to feel like he's oh, made so good. the sort of, the, yeah, the last, that's just that's the difference, right? Yeah. So I think so. Brilliant football, right? If we're going to put it in New Zealand, New Zealand, you know, let's put it and coin it New Zealand rugby analogy. That's two even teams. One has Dan Carter. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. The other games. Let's have a look at uh, some of the other ones that are. Uh, we've got uh, Morocco and Portugal. So I, I would favour Portugal on this one. They're, they're a dollar sixty-two. Morocco five fifty. But Morocco have been very, very impressive. Aren't they beautiful on their feet? Uh, and, and an incredible defensive team. I mean. You know, uh, the, the, you know, there won't be sort of big holes like the Swiss cheese. Um, you know, it, 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 it'll be tough for Portugal. And, you know, Morocco is the story everybody's sort of loving, aren't they? And, uh, yeah, look, I think you're right, though. Well, the, the guy Ramos who scored the hat-trick um, as, as, as Ronaldo sat watching from the sidelines, um, it was, they were on fire, and if they can take that momentum in, I think they'll be, they'll be a handful. Um, Argentina-Netherlands, an interesting one there. Argentina, you would have to favour them. Messi, of course, World Cup is elusive to him in that storied career so far. They're at 210, Netherlands 350, so Argentina favoured. Yeah. Look, and when, once something gets up into two, the favoured teams in the $2 mark, you know that it's close to call. Um, but, mm. yeah, Messi, that would be the sort of final feather in the cap, wouldn't it? Um, but, you know, what, what these two teams played the 78 final, if my memory serves me correctly, which is one of my first World Cup memories. That was uh, in Argentina. That was that one, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, look, and... Uh, no, no, look, and happy for either of these two teams to go, like, like both of them as a footballing nation a lot, yeah. And then what many people are predicting to be the favoured side to win it, of course, the first game that we're going to see, it's uh, Brazil against Croatia and uh, $1.33 Brazilians, Croatia, massive outsiders at $8.50. Yeah, I wouldn't have them that far apart. Uh, we know no. what the Brazilians are like when they, well, you know, they either win or they completely cave in. Uh, Brazil's the other team of the West Ham player, Paqueta. Oh, yes, um, of course. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, not that he's fired for West Ham. You would never even know. I think he's been reserved. No, he hasn't been that great, but he's certainly shining at the World Cup. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean, I think the TAB's got it right there, too. You would expect Brazil to progress. But uh, lovely lineup of quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Really looking forward to the weekend. Can't wait. I'm just going to plonk myself in front of the TV and watch all, all, all four games. Oh, um, oh. Exactly. Um, that's what life's all about, buddy. Hey, um, so there's been a bit of uh, coaching merry-go-round shenanigans in the rugby world at the moment as well. So Eddie Jones, gassed by England. I wonder whether or not that is a invitation to Scott Robertson, or do they go with the, uh, what's the fella, Borthwick, uh, the assistant? Steve Borthwick, the big, yeah, the big burly old lock forward. Look, I think the thing here is whether they go with Razor or what role he might have. Clearly, the writing's on the wall there. But you know, gee, um, do you guess Eddie Jones a year from an, it must be it must be a hell of a player kind of left thing for him to gas a coach like that. It have to does be. have a good World Cup record. Yeah, exactly. You know, so Steve Hansen is forty percent at World Cups if you throw Wales into the mix. But for the All Blacks, he's fifty percent. Mm. Two, two fail, two one. Um, so it's a pretty hard, pretty tough judge, isn't it? 
Um, I saw, you know, Warren Gatlin. <laughs> He's just smiling all the way to the bank. <laughs> Loves it, doesn't he? Um, five years coach of Wales. Here we go. He'll be loving that. Um, this is pretty, uh, I was going to say piss poor, I'll say that. Analysis of coaching I saw on One News the other night. Somebody saying, oh, Ian Foster's got 64% and Dave Rennie's only at 38%. Mate, turn around and go... Dave Rennie got robbed of an all-back result. There's no doubt about that. The Wallabies deserved to win that one when the French referee stepped up. Oh, yeah. And they lost to France and Ireland by one point. By one point, France and Ireland. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that I think that the Wallabies have had a much better learning curve and uh, improving year than the All Blacks. So I just think there's some sort of lightweight, paper-thin analysis going on of the various coaches. And I, and I think, you know, look, if, if it's a player-led thing where nobody wants to play Brady Jones anymore... Then that's the decision, and uh, boom, it's done. Shoot through. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, you do see um, oh, Scott no, Robertson um, take no, that. No, no. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. There's too much murky water gone under the bridge for the for the not to be a body body following it. Yeah. I would have thought so. Um, so now the uh, NZ Rugby Board they've um, finally got a female chair, female chair, and a deputy chair as well. Um, my old, and my old colleague, uh, Bailey Mackey, who used to be a, a junior sports reporter at TV3. Uh, he's one of the co-deputy chairs there. Mm. But um, uh, Dane Patsy, I, I, think, I think it's a good decision. Let's see. I mean, we're in a tough, this is a tough time. The rest of the world has caught up to us on the field. Um, all sorts of challenges that come with our uh, geographical position in, in, in the world. You know, so... Uh, but we have this beautiful thing called the uh, the black ferns, and we should be able to cash in on that. Let's not let it die. So I think this is good. Yeah, I think it's a, a good appointment as well. Great track record, and why not? As you say, it's a heck of a challenging time for New Zealand rugby. So let's see what uh, you know some fresh minds can can come up with. Um, oh, look, there's no doubt about it. The uh, the changeover from you know nothing's happened in the in the in the, in the Stuart Mitchell uh, time. Uh, it's been just nothing but diabolical. Not saying that he's complete, that he's responsible because you know the handover wasn't great either. Mm. But anyway, there you go. Well said, very good. Hamish McKay coming in hot on a Friday morning, or Friday afternoon, I should say. Hey, listen, um, you've got a bit of a stat for us as well to round things oh, off. Yeah, look, I just want to do, and, and and you know what, I've just had one of those senior moments, but it's a <laughs> it's a, a US uh, baseballer, and I'm just going to pull it up on my screen for you. New contract, seven hundred and seventy thousand US dollars a week. <laughs> Pretty handy. <laughs> What is that? that so that that's um, seven hundred. So that's what that that's a hundred thousand, hundred thousand a day. One hundred and ten thousand dollars a day. Yeah, a hundred thousand a day is just unbelievable. Do you think you'd have much of an issue having a spring in the step when you got out of the scratcher on a morning when you know, knew that there was uh, you know a hundred grand coming into the bank account that day? Um, you just choose a different sort of part of town every day, wouldn't you? And just go and sort of throw away $100 bills. Wouldn't you, though? You I know? mean, God, the mind boggles. Um, yeah, think of all well, the things you could do with that. You sure find out who your new friends were. Yeah, imagine yeah. the entourage that uh, this poor bloke's going to yeah. be going around with for the, for, for the next couple no, of years. I, I, yeah. I, I just had trouble pulling up. It's a, it's a Yankees player anyway, so 700 $370 million or something over yes. five, you know, just ridiculous. You know, you wouldn't get an injury. Um, right, very good. Hamish McKay, yeah. as always, an absolute well, pleasure. Note. Yes, yeah, <laughs> good man. Over and out.
All right, a couple of things to finish the week off. Uh, from Farmers Weekly, I see that a shortage of fruit pickers may not be an issue for Central Otago orchardists this season, and certainly as it has been for the past couple of years. They're confident they've got enough staff with New Zealanders returning from last season and an influx of backpackers as well now that the borders have reopened, so that's good news. And also uh, from Rural News Group, uh, wool carpet manufacturer Bremworth says COVID-19 has helped accelerate a trend towards more natural fibres. Of course, we've spoken to them a number of times, Bremworth. They've moved away from the use of synthetic materials over the past couple of years and embraced the production of wool carpets. And research is showing that consumers now favour wool carpet much more strongly than at any time in the past three years. Now, Heinz has been helping farmers for over 50 years. Now they're offering a helping hand over Christmas. Visit HeinzRural.co.nz to nominate a deserving person to win a $250 Heinz voucher. Product specials are in store now as well. 33 branches nationwide. That is our show for today. As always, don't forget to check out netspeed.net.nz. Have a great weekend. Mark and Leah up next. Rex Today. With NetSpeed. Internet till the cows come home.